Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson, and beside me, this beautiful, beautiful young man uh, is uh, the the very right Reverend Ian Dowsett. Ian, how are we doing, bud? I'm very good, just a reverend, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) No, we like to embellish here on Crowd Church. No, 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 Ian and I uh, have been friends for a very long time. I think it's 30 years this year we met, right? Uh, I know yeah, it's because Tony keeps going on about the fact it's 30 years since we met. Um, and so, say again. Time for a road trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if you are regular to crowd, you will have, you may remember a chap called Tony who's also been on. Well, Tony, Ian, and I have been the triad of mates for a very long time since uni days. And so, um, if finally, we've got Ian here, which is fantastic. Now, Ian, whereabouts in the world are you? Tell the good folks Ooh. where you are. I am in the promised land, which is London. Uh, I live just northwest, northwest London, so I'm in Harrow. Yeah, it sounds posh. It's not quite as posh as it sounds. I've lived in Kensington and Harrow. Both times I've managed to end up in the, the non-posh part. So, no, it's a great place to live. Sun's shining at the moment. It all looks beautiful. Um, but that's where I am, northwest London. Now, now, apparently London is in the middle of a heat wave. Am I correct? Oh, sorry, I forgot. You're you're probably wrapped up in jumpers and everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely, we are. It's lovely sunshine here. You can just tell yeah. by the contrast. Matt Matt's room looks dark and horrible, and you know, bright sunshine where I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, mine. Yeah, mine's a professional studio. Yours is your back room, but that's fine. That, that's not good. Oh, <laughs> So yes, Ian is from down south. We met at the University of Liverpool. So uh, you have lived in Liverpool and uh-huh. uh, London. So I take exception to the idea that London is the promised land when I'm fairly convinced it's Liverpool. But there you go. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I mean, probably Jews would say it's Israel, but you know. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure <laughs> that's very true. There's arguments say either way, and you know we could we could wax lyrical about that. So, uh, yes, it's <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you are tuning, if you're just joining in, uh, do say hi in the comments. It'd be great to hear from you. Great to see where you're from. Uh, come and say hi. Uh, Crowd Church is an online church. We just do church digitally. Uh, because we can. Since lockdown, we discovered we can do it and we can do it well. So, uh, Ian, tell the good folks who are watching what is going to be happening today. Fantastic. Well, uh, what will be happening today is we're going to be having a little talk, first of all, which is all all about what does the Bible say about being a Christian? And we've got the wonderful Abby Sharples coming to uh, share with us. And then after that, we're going to have a worship song, which you can join into or just listen to. Uh, and then we'll we'll be back uh, chatting away and hopefully others engaging with us through the comments on your screen. And uh, we look forward to responding to those as we wrestle with this theme. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you who may be new to Crowd, and we know quite a lot of new people watch every... I was... Um, I, I'm just going to say this. Uh, we recently launched the live stream as a podcast. Finally, bizarrely, as an online church, we've only just become a podcast. And in the last few weeks, we've been as a, a podcast, which you can get on Apple and Spotify and all those sorts of things. It's gone a bit bonkers, uh, a bit quicker than I expected in terms of downloads. But one of the things that I noticed today when I was looking at the numbers is that about 10% of the people that download the podcast are, in fact, in Russia. Uh, and also quite a few in India in that part of the world as well. So uh, if you are listening to the podcast or if you're watching this and you're outside of the UK, a very warm welcome to you. If this is your first time with us, whether audio or video, as I said, we are an online church. Uh, We're an online church for those that might not see the point of church or for those who are just looking to figure out life and meaning and understand who Jesus is. Uh, I'm just looking at the comments here. 
uh, Ian, I, I just can I just clarify right here at the start? If I call Ian Digger, it's just because that's my nickname for Ian, and it's very hard to call him Ian. I'm not going to lie, because uh, I never call him Ian. I call him Diggs or Digger. Uh, I won't explain why, because you don't need to know. It's just just the way it is. Uh, and so I see here you've put in the comments that you've you've called yourself a golden oldie, but. Well, someone is asking if we found someone older than Matt Edmondson, which <laughs> incredibly you have. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not that much older. Hair, but I've got the no hair. <laughs> if you had hair, would if it I be great? It wouldn't be great. No. Well, okay. It's not bad. Okay, fair play. Yeah, yeah, no, good on you, good on you. Uh, so yes, Abby Sharples uh, is doing the talk. And again, uh, for those of you who are new to Crowdass, this is what I started to say, sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, Abby has was part of the initial church plant, actually. And so it's great to have Abby back doing the talk. She's been away for a while at university, uh, as she will explain very briefly in her talk. Um, and so, yeah, what does the Bible say about being a Christian? This is going to be Abby's talk. Uh, and as Ian said, as Digger said, we'll be back for Conversation Street uh, after the talk and after the worship. So do get busy in the comments. Uh, I see Matt Crew is very busy in the comments uh, again, as Matt Crew normally is. Um, and so and I'm pleased that Frontline Reception is now tidy. Uh, Matt, thanks for letting us know. So it's all good. Uh, we appreciate the heads up. So. I'm looking for the button on my pad. Here it is. Right. Here's Abby's talk. Ian and I will be right back. Continue on the conversation in the comments. Uh, we'll see you very shortly. say about being a Christian. Good afternoon everyone, my name's Abby and it's an absolute privilege to be with you this afternoon um, looking at this question of what does the Bible say about being a Christian. Um, I, a little bit about me, I was part of Crowd Church um, a couple of years ago before I left um, for university and I'm in Birmingham studying children's nursing um, but yeah, it's so good to be back with you guys this afternoon. Um, yeah, and let's dive into this question because um, there's a lot of good stuff and I think, um, yeah, there's a lot that God, God wants to share with us today um, through this. So actually, I'm just going to pray before we start. Um, yeah, Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege of um, this opportunity to follow you, this opportunity um, to call on your name and say yes to you. Um, and I thank you for your grace and your mercy um, and all that you've done for us. And I just pray that you would um, speak to each and every single person that's um, listening to this this afternoon. Um, and that you would just whisper directly into their heart um, what you want to speak to them about today. Amen. So, what does the Bible say about being a Christian? There's nearly two and a half billion people on the planet who would call themselves Christians. Um, but clearly the kind of application of that, what people think that means, varies a lot. Um, so today we're going to be looking at the Bible because that's the only place that we can go to um, to know what God really says about um, what it means to follow him. Um, and we're going to do that today by looking at the gospel, looking at um, what it means to follow Jesus through three different lenses. And I've heard this called the three tense gospel. Um, and that is that we have been saved, that we are being saved, and that we will be saved. So starting with the fact that we have been saved. 
So often there is a moment in the lives of believers where they make that lifelong commitment to follow Jesus. You know, they understand what he has done for them. They turn from their sin and they decide to follow him. So that might be a kind of one-time decision or event, or it might be uh, more of a process like it was for me. Because um, I grew up in a Christian family, so as I kind of grew up and my understanding developed, so then my faith and my understanding of God developed. Um, and from there I was able to make a more meaningful commitment to God. Um, but when we commit our lives to Jesus and put our faith and our trust in him, something really special happens in the heavenly realms because the reality is we aren't just living in a physical reality but there is a spiritual and heavenly reality that is far more real than anything that we can see or touch. Um, So when we make that commitment to Jesus in the heavenly realms our sins are forgiven, we are made a new creation and we are no longer separated from God by our sin. Um, And there's a verse in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 11, which sums this up beautifully. And it says, you were washed, you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So this verse shows shows what happens when we place our faith in Jesus and in the work of the Holy Spirit within us. This shift happens in the heavenly places And we are given that new identity of being washed, of being sanctified and being justified before God, which I just, I love that verse so much. Um, And the incredible news about this salvation and justification before God is that it is not based on anything that we have done or any good works that we could do. We simply need to put our faith and our trust in Jesus, the son of God, and we are saved. Um, In the book of Titus 3 verse 5, it says he saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And there's another verse in Ephesians 2 verse 8 that says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. just let that sink in. Nothing that we could ever do would separate us from God and when we repent and turn from our sin and accept Jesus and his payments for our sin on the cross we are welcomed with open arms into his family and we have been sealed by God's Holy Spirit into a new life and a new identity that we didn't earn to serve this living and powerful God. So that is the foundation of the gospel and the foundation of what it means to be a Christian um, and how we have been saved by God. So the next kind of aspect, so we've just looked at we have been saved. The next is that we are being saved. So when we make that commitment to follow Jesus, it doesn't stop there. Our walks with God don't stop when we make that first commitment, but they continue throughout our whole life. Um, And the parable of the sower is kind of a really easy and understandable way of looking at this. Um, You've probably heard the story before, but it's a metaphorical story um, in the book of Matthew in the Bible, where a farmer goes out and sows seed, which is a metaphor for people hearing the good news about Jesus. And it describes the seed falling on different grounds, um, different types of soil, and that represents how people respond to this good news. So I'm just going to read a little chunk um, from the story. So it's Matthew 13, verse 20 to 23. And it says, The seeds falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. 
So this story shows that our faith needs to grow deep throughout our lifetimes. You know, there are all sorts of things in this world that can be kind of pulling us away from God. Um, but actually this, this um, parable is encouraging us to allow our roots of faith to grow deep throughout our lives. Um, and it shows the importance of not being choked by the worries of the world, by persecution, by our own sin, um, and other things that can um, kind of hold us back in our in our relationship with God. We need to let our roots grow deep in him. When we become a Christian, we are committing to following God's way and being sanctified and continually moulded and shaped to look more like Jesus in the way that we think and act and love others. The Bible also tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That phrase comes from um, Philippians 2 verse 12 to 13, which says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You know, this verse, um, God is encouraging us not to become complacent in our faith, you know, it'd be so easy to make that commitment to God and then kind of drift off or kind of go about our lives and, you know, let our lives take over. But actually God's encouraging us, work out your salvation, make the most of the salvation that I've given you. Um, let me sanctify you throughout your life. Because um, all areas of our lives need to come into alignment with God. They need to come into alignment with um, God's laws with his ways um, that he lays out for us in the Bible um, and he also encourages us not to be conformed or swayed by the world around us um, so another verse in Romans 12 verse 2 says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. So while we're thinking about working out our faith in Jesus, it's, it's all through him. You know, we say to him, God, this is my mind, this is my life, this is my heart. I give it to you, transform it, transform me, sanctify me, mould me to look more like you. Um, and we can only do that through his grace. That's, that doesn't come from ourselves. And that's what we need to focus on that when we are thinking about working out our faith in Jesus, we need to always keep in mind that we are saved only by God's grace through our faith and our trust in him. You know, none of our good works can save us. The outworking of our faith isn't what saves us, but our lives being transformed is a byproduct of the work of God's grace in our lives. There's a verse in Ephesians chapter one, verse four, it says that God chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Like he chose us. That is just incredible. Um, and that is the viewpoint from which we need to approach our lives and our walks with God. That, you know, we can't choose God and be saved by doing all the right things. But actually God chose us. Before, before the world was even created, before we existed, before we knew who he was, he chose us to be his. And that really shows that we can't save ourselves. Like it's not based on, on our good works, on our merit, trying to work towards being good enough for God. No, he chose us and he works within us to sanctify us and mould us to look more like him. Um... So as well as our salvation being bought by God, he promises that we have been sealed and kept in him by the Holy Spirit. So there's a verse in Ephesians, which I absolutely love, Ephesians 1 verse 13, and it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal which is the promised Holy Spirit. So we have been marked by the seal and promise of God to keep us and protect us in him. So that obviously doesn't give us the freedom to kind of go off and do whatever we want, thinking, you know, we're saved now, anything goes, great. 
No, not at all. But what it does give us is the assurance that even in our weakness, even in the darkest days of our lives, in the most difficult trials of our lives, God is keeping us and he is preparing us to be with him in heaven forever. So that brings us nicely onto our last point um, and our last kind of perspective from which we'll look at the gospel and that is that we will be saved. So if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we are now awaiting either his return to earth or wait, awaiting being united with him in heaven. Um, and because of the reality of being in the world and all that comes with that, that can make our walks as Christians, um, until that day that we meet God, can make our walks as Christians really challenging um, and full of various trials. So we can be facing different temptations, um, health struggles, financial struggles, um, relationship difficulties, um, our own sin, our own laziness, whatever it might be. You know, our lives as Christians aren't always easy. But God promises that when we are united with him, all will be made new. And there's a verse in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That verse just encourages me so much because no matter what we go through, no matter what trials you are facing right now, when you meet God face to face, he will make all things new. The old things will be gone and he will make you new and whole in him. Um, the verse that we looked at before um, in Ephesians chapter one, just gonna come back to it and read a little bit further on. Um, so Ephesians one um, verse 13 to 14, it says, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So this verse is amazing because it tells us that the Holy Spirit in us is almost like a deposit which secures us until we meet Jesus face to face and our salvation is complete. The Bible also warns us of the reality of what happens if we reject Jesus, if we reject the truth and decide to go our own way and live for ourselves. And it's not you know, it's not a very popular thing to talk about or think about, but, but it's reality and it's something that we need to think about. Um, so there's a verse in Matthew 25, verse 46, and it says, then they, those who reject Jesus, will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You know, deciding G to follow Jesus and accept the payment for our sins, it doesn't only impact our life today, but it impacts our eternity. It is the most important decision that you will ever make. So that is the incredible reality of the gospel, that we have been saved once and for all through Jesus' death on the cross, taking the punishment for our sins, that we are being saved, that daily we are being shaped and molded to look more like Jesus and through his gift of grace, to us, we're able to follow him and his ways. And lastly, we will be saved, that one day we will stand face to face with God and our salvation will be complete in him. So this reality of what it means to be a Christian is a gift and it's an invitation. Um, and it would be a missed opportunity for me if I didn't create that opportunity um, this afternoon to respond to that. So whatever that looks like for you, whether you've been a Christian for years, um, but you just want to take a moment to refocus and realign your gaze on him, um, or whether you want to make that commitment to Jesus for the first time today, um, I'm going to say a prayer. It'll be on the screen as well. Um, and just feel free to pray this along with me. Um, just really making it your own prayer, praying it to God. Um, yeah, feel free to pray this with me. Dear Lord, I thank you that you love me. I acknowledge you as a pure and holy God 
who is good and kind and faithful. I'm sorry for where my sin has separated us and I repent and I turn from it today. I thank you for your gift of your death on the cross, which made a way for me to know you and be in relationship with you. I accept this gift of salvation today and ask that your Holy Spirit would fill me and help me to walk with you every day. Amen. God of goodness, anything less than all of you, anything less than your life-giving truth, never satisfy my heart, never satisfy my heart.
There we go. Only in you, Jesus. Thank you, Greg and Martha. Love, love, love that song. I play it very loudly. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> in my ears, it's great. I turned the microphone off because it wouldn't be fair on Ian and just have a good old sing along. Uh, <laughs> Please don't do that, Matt. <laughs> I've known Matt long enough to know that it hasn't got any better in 30 years. No, no, no. It really is one of the areas I'm not. I'm, you know, I, I, I express a fundamental lack of skill uh, in my life <laughs> singing. Uh, but you know, the the only person that really enjoys it, I think, is God. Uh, me and God. That's all that counts. It's joyful noise. <laughs> and it is a noise yes uh but no thank you uh thanks greg and martha and thanks abby for doing the talk lots yeah. to get into there uh with you my good friend in and um, um go on great talk yeah no really really great truths that i put in the comments but i think lots to unpick as well uh, yeah. i'm sure there's lots of questions kind of on what abby was saying it felt like quite a lot of concentrated stuff there so maybe we just need to unpick a little bit of it. But really good. Yeah. 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 I think we will do because it was very, uh, it was a great talk by Abby and there's a lot to unpack as a result. Uh, so I think we'll get into that and some of the questions that have come in and some of the questions that uh, come in on a fairly regular basis on the old email, we are going to get into in Conversation Street. So if you've got any thoughts, questions or comments yourself, whack them in the comments below uh, and we will hopefully get to answer them. Uh, Matt crew, Matt Edmondson can definitely not sing. I just, I feel like I need to, I need to get singing lessons maybe and resolve this particular problem. Uh, but yes, that's fine. That's fine. So my first, let's, let's get into this in, why don't you tell folks, right? Cause people may or may not know my story, but let's start with you. Yeah. How long have you actually been a Christian? Were you like Abby, grew up in a Christian home, or was there some mad moment on on a road somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I, I was like Abby that I grew up in a Christian home, but nonetheless, I think there still was a particularly there's a moment for me that it all became a lot more real. Perhaps it turned from being sort of black and white into Technicolor, or perhaps from SD into HD, and. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I was I was nine years old when that happened, so I was still oh, wow. pretty young. Um, yeah, yeah. And we were we were off at the beach. Uh, we we're by Onsen Cliffs, and I just sensed this presence with me, this sense of real peace. And it was like um, somebody being around me, and yet there wasn't anybody actually around me at the time physically. Uh, and I just talked to somebody else about it later on, and they just said, Do you know what? I think that was God with you. And I just said, well, if that's God with me, I want him to be with me for the rest of my life, and I want to be with him for the rest of my life. And so I just said, Jesus, if that's you, um, I, I want in. And that, I guess that's that beginning bit uh, mm. that, that Abby was talking about. I just I want to start now. Uh, I want to begin now. Uh, and I want to keep going with you right until the very end. Uh, so that was me, nine years old, uh, in Cornwall, uh, on the cliffs, uh, just saying yes to Jesus, just saying, if this is you, then I, I want more of you. Uh, I want I want in uh, yeah, for yeah. the rest of the time. Yeah. And do you think, have you found, um, I mean, obviously you and I have met a lot of Christians over the years, and everyone's story is different. Uh, everyone's yeah. got a unique sort of take on the whole thing and i mean just a shameless plug here we are going to be releasing a podcast soon called what's the story where we do a deep dive into people's stories um so do keep uh, your eyes peeled for that make sure you subscribe to all things crowd and we will let you know when it's coming out because uh it is gonna be epic let me tell you so um and i'll just put on the screen there the website which you can follow along with um everybody's story is different right and Abby said um, at the start of it, she she talks about making a lifelong decision. For some people, that is an event. Uh, for some people, it is a process. Is that if you found that to be true? Yeah, I, I think I think it's always a process. Actually, I think while people sometimes have a crunch moment, you know, for me, I had a bit of a crunch moment, but still, it's still been a journey. And I I will talk to people who say I've had a crunch moment, but actually, when you really talk to them you realize that actually there's a whole lot of stuff going on before the crunch moment. There's a whole lot of things that led up to that crunch moment. So I, I kind of think it, there is always some sort of long process. And I think that's why what Abby said here is actually, yes, yes, there's a beginning. Yes, there's a middle and yes, there's an end. 
but actually it, it you know there's so much to that journey and there, there, there's ups and downs on that journey you know mm. it's once you become a christian you say yes to jesus you know i felt a real sense of peace i haven't always felt peaceful ever since for the rest of my life hey you know i've met man that <laughs> quite a while um, yeah messed things right up yeah, yeah you know i i've got married that was that was great had kids which is great but also uh, that throws you a piece of it as well and <laughs> so all along it, it's ups and downs and it, it's actually for me it's been about the process of knowing god in the ups in the downs in the highs and lows of life actually not always at the time but certainly looking back and going ah that's how he helped me mm. that's how he saw me through it um so yeah for me it's this whole thing is um, um i mean it's a bit of a cliche isn't it it's a life is a journey but it really is a it journey is. Uh, it is and i think that's an important point i mean the abby talked about this uh, three things you have been saved you will be saved and you are saved. you just saw the three states but let's just pull back the covers on that a little bit because you uh you see this on churches a lot right the the billboards um you know believe in the lord jesus christ and you shall be saved and they quote verses from scripture but what does it mean i mean abby unpicked it a little bit in her talk but let's let's really unpick this now what does it mean to be saved Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that's a great question. I, I think for me, the biggest, I was going to use two analogies in this whole thing. One is a race mm. and one is a relationship. And actually, I, I think I want to start with the relationship thing. At the end of the day, our biggest problem as people, I, you know, I think we feel this. The thing that keeps me awake at night more than anything else is if I fall out with another person. Mm. If, if if someone you know has got really hacked off with me or i've got really hacked off with somebody else that causes me to not sleep well at night and i just i can't wait until get resolved with that person until we yeah. can talk it through we can and for me the biggest problem we all have is when we're out of relationship with the god who made us the, mm. the god who created this world and and actually you know that that word we often talk about sin is just the stuff that gets in the way of our relationship with God. It's, mm. it's it's the things we do that are just going it alone. The things that we do, we're trying to live our own way. And it just gets in the way of actually saying, you're in charge. You're the one who's in control here. So for me, it, it's, you know, the problem is separation with God. So being saved is, is getting reconnected, getting back into relationship again with God. Yeah, that's a very good answer. I, I, I heard a great quote from Andy Stanley, which I quoted last week in our parenting talk. Um, what does the Bible say about parenting? Uh, and if you are a parent, check it out. You can see it at the, on the website, Crowd Church. One of the things that Andy Stanley said, which I really liked, he said at the heart of every, uh, what was it he said? Let me get this right way around. Um, at, the, at the root of every transgression is a broken relationship. Uh, and I thought, actually, that's a really interesting thing. Whenever transgressions are not words doing something wrong fundamentally there's a broken relationship there so if you lie there's a broken relationship there's broken trust Do you know what I mean there's there's all these sort of things that you can okay that makes sense and I thought it was a great quote um and at the heart of I guess humanity is this story of sin or transgression which is a broken relationship with God which is what you're talking about right right absolutely yeah so I, I think this sense of relationship being broken and needing to be restored and, you know, even if even if you haven't read much of the Bible, even if you start right near the beginning, very quickly, you see that brokenness of relationship. And then really the rest of the book is all about, you know, how does it get restored? So, you know, mm. I mean, just to save you reading the Old Testament, you know, it's a lot of broken <laughs> uh, and then the New Testament is all about how Jesus makes it whole again. And then how other people discover the good news and, mm. and the great thing about what it means to have a restored relationship with god mm. um, that's a that's ian dowsett's summary of the bible in yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm liking i'm just i'm living the fact you've told everybody they don't have to read the old testament now so you you talked about two analogies you said you wanted to talk about the relationship and the race so what was the race one then so the race one was again this it's this idea that um you know we've got three parts to it so the first thing the first question for anybody would be are you even in the race you know if the race is living really living life and living life to the full 
you know, are you in the race? The, and you, you, I think, you know, you get in the race by by just saying yes to Jesus. So that's the start of the race. The start of the race is um, I'm actually on the track and I'm going somewhere. Mm. You know where you're going. So we can live life and we can not know where we're going. But once you know Jesus, you know where you're going because the promise mm. is once you've started with him, you will end with him. And, and, and yet yeah. you know where you're going. You're going to end up in eternity, in heaven, in relationship with God. Um, and, and that the Bible says eternal life is knowing God and knowing his son, Jesus Christ. So, again, mm. it's all about relationship. Yeah. Um, and then the, the next bit of the race is, well, I've started the race, you know, you you know in a hundred meter sprint you know the start is such a big part of it isn't it you know you get out of the blocks quickly then fantastic and if you go too early not so good um but anyway you started the race but then you need to keep going so actually it becomes more of a marathon and it's about mm. how do you keep going you know life isn't easy life throws lots of rubbish at us and you know people come our way and, and things come our way which are, are not easy and we get knocked down it's a bit like stumbling in the race you know will we get up and you, you must have watched some of those great YouTube clips where, you know, someone's knocked another athlete and they, they're sort of, you know, it's chance of fire all over again. And he mm. gets up and he sort of ends up running. Those, you know, how do you deal with life when you get knocked down? Mm. You know, what happens then? How do you keep going? How do you keep focused? And then finally, wow, what must that moment be? And I'm not there yet. You're not there yet, Matt. But what's that moment like when you cross mm. a finishing line? And um, suddenly you realize the race is done and it's just celebrations here on in, uh, you know, and, and there's eternity to go. Last year, I ran a marathon. You, you did, know, bless you. I, boy, crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping going with something. But that moment when you cross the finish line, it feels really good. Uh, and then you realize your legs feel really bad. Um, <laughs> and heaven but is nothing like that. Yeah, heaven is all about feeling good and yeah, yeah but you made it that's the main thing right and it. it's really interesting isn't it this whole idea of running the race and, and it's worth pointing this out just em emphasizing this point we are talking about what does it mean to be a christian and what does the bible say about being a christian and one of the things that it is worth clarifying because of western evangelical christianity i think we have to we have to hammer this point home is it is not come to jesus and your life will be fine it's not come to Jesus and everything is going to be okay. He's going to give you a new car, a new house, a new bank account, a new partner and solve every problem that you've got in life straight away. Um, actually, it's come to Jesus and he'll be with you in the tough times, right? Not that there will be no tough times. And I just want to, I just want to emphasize that point because there, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around this very simple idea. And so I think one of the things that I've seen using your analogy as a, of the race, when things get tough, I've seen a lot of people just go, well, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of this God thing because God didn't do dot, dot, dot. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Let's 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 reevaluate that a little bit. I don't know if you've come across that in your travels in yeah, church. I think that's right. I think sadly, some people sort of hear a message which says, sadly, maybe that someone said to them, or maybe they just interpreted it as, you know, life will be, you know, a bed of roses from here on in. And, you know, the Bible never says that, you know, it really doesn't. If you, if you read the Bible properly, it just said, you know, just says, oh, God says, I'll be with you. Mm. I'll be with you. And, and again and again, through all the hard stuff that people, you know, when people like Moses and all the others question God and say, you know, what, how on earth am I going to do this impossible thing you've asked me to do? God says, be because I'm with you. Mm. You'll do it with you. You're going to do crazy things and, and hard things and impossible things because I'm with you. Mm. So the idea of, of of leaving the race and separating yourself from God means just you're taking away yourself away from the source of power and and ability to do this stuff yeah, that we yeah. just. So yeah, keep going, friends. Yeah, if you're if you're on the race already, keep going. If you're not, get on board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've talked about what it means to be saved. The other thing that I thought would be good to mention, uh, I'll just double back on, is this idea of um, what Abby talked about. Well, actually, before I get into this, there's a comment here from Matt. He says, what's the worst experience you've ever had in church as a Christian? Just talking about difficult times. Uh, I think that's a, a fascinating question. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to hear what your answer is, Matt. Me? I think there was a particular point uh in church when i felt quite disillusioned with church i think 
Christians go through this. Uh, and I, I was feeling, I was feeling very sort of disillusioned with church for whatever reason. Um, and mainly because I felt like church wasn't giving me what I wanted from church, if that makes sense. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't helping me the way that I thought it should. And it, I remember going through this and it was months and I was like, do I leave church? Do I go find another church to get involved with? What do I do? Um, and I just remember as clear as anything, uh, just felt like God say to me, Matt, I'm really curious, when has church been about you? And I, I was quite stumped by the answer because church is not about what I well, it's not just about what I get, but it's about what I can give and about what I can contribute. And the reason why I think I felt the way that I did was not because church wasn't giving me what I needed, it's because I'd stopped contributing. Uh, because I think I thought at the time church needed to give me more than what it should be doing. Now, don't get me wrong, church is not perfect. It's not full of perfect human beings because I'm in it. Uh, but it, I, that was an attitude adjustment in me. And I remember, I remember that was quite a hard time. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a that's a tough thing to go through, definitely. But yeah, great that you came out and you realised that actually maybe something in me needs to change, not just again I need just to just to change the circumstances around me because I I do think that's that's one of the things we slip into in any not just in church life but in in, in life in general, whether it's our jobs or our marriages or whatever, we we kind of think oh if I just change the other person, yeah, it'll be all right, and you know actually you know normally we, we need to start here no you're right my, my, i think my hardest thing i think i've shared it already really is it's it, it's times those times in church when um i've just people it's the people mm. stuff when i've had you know conflict with people and it's it, it's felt hard mm. uh, and you know that's been again that's been a little bit of them and a, probably quite a lot of me and uh, and it is sometimes having to go low and, and realize okay i just need to at least work on my stuff uh, and if they're willing to work on their stuff then actually there's a way forward yeah that's uh, interesting and we, and we can we can we can make it make mm. it back it's worth and actually I'm saying because really... i didn't say this at the start um you are in fact you are a reverend you you run a church uh in harrow you are a, a you're a vicar yeah, yeah. we would call you a pastor but it, um part of the church of england right yeah that's right so i've been it i've been in this particular church for 14 years so i know what it is to you know, stay the course with a, a, a church and, and keep going and, and see people come and go, uh, but also see people um, not like some of the stuff that I'm choosing to do, us to have conversations about that and us to find ways forward. And, you know, it's, mm. it's been great to see people who've, uh, you, you know, we've, we've not agreed on stuff actually mm. come to a place of agreement or at least a, a place where we kind of go, well, we agree to disagree on that small thing, but we, be we believe the same stuff. Uh, as the headlines so we're still going to keep going together very good very good so yes one of the things you'll find about being a christian what the bible basically tells you in a lot of places uh, there's a heavy emphasis on personal responsibility uh, and you having to deal with you know the plank in your own eye before you start looking at other people uh, and which is why uh, in a culture where 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 we live at the moment where actually we accept no responsibility and it's everybody else's fault um that's a very tough pill to swallow, isn't it, in some respects, actually. Yeah. But it's quite freeing, I think. Um, but it's difficult to do when all you do is blame other people, right? I mean, just yeah. look at our government over the last few weeks. I mean, just archetypal example. Let's just blame everybody else. Let's not take any responsibility for anything whatsoever. If you're gonna, you've got to step up to the mark. And mm. um, while it's, it's lovely to hear somebody says, oh, don't worry, it's not your fault. You don't need to do anything. I'm sorry, but actually we do, you yeah. know, and, and things don't change unless we take responsibility. We turn things around. And, you know, as you say, Matt, the government is crying or the country is crying out for, for our politicians to take responsibility at the moment. Mm. And, um, you know, I, hopefully, you know, that's that is what they'll do now. They'll, they'll hear that. I mean, for me, my heart with the people around where I am, there's a lot of people from Sri Lanka. And if you've seen in the news at the moment, obviously, mm. that's been rumbling on for a long time uh, and you know a lot of us in in, in, in Harrow have been concerned for it and been praying for that that country because we've known for a long time that they're not stepping up to the mark and, and taking yeah. responsibility 
I, I just noticed, Matt, you put in that the church is full of broken and hurt people. And I just want to say yes to that. That's mm. absolutely true. Uh, and people sometimes call church churches hypocrites because that's the case. I just want to say, you know, the church, you know, being part of a community of, of hurt and broken people is not easy. But if you know you are and you know you've got somebody who's helping you uh, find a greater measure of healing and freedom, then actually it's a good thing. And as long as we don't pretend that we're all perfect, then actually I think there's a real opportunity for us to, to find, uh, yeah, just find that restoration. Absolutely. So my final question because uh, it will take a little bit of time to answer. Uh, I, want is, to, I, want, I want you to know whether you're going to do a marathon. There's a challenge here. It says, I'd yeah, like no. Uh, the only marathon I do is the Snickers. Uh, and if you are of a certain age, you'll get that joke. But if you're not, then you won't. <laughs> no, I lift weights. I don't run marathons. I've not got the build for it. Uh, just want to point that out. Uh, and Zach, if he's watching this, would say, yeah, but you don't even really lift weights, do you, Dad? Let's be real. <laughs> So um, Abby talked about uh, what she called the heavenly realms, right? This sort of spiritual world. Uh, and she used ideas like being born again, being a new creation and tying that in a little bit with this heavenly realms. Just expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I guess I guess it's something that we all know is true, but it's hard to put our finger on, which is the physical world that we see, we taste, we touch. It's not everything. There is more to life than just um, the physical realm. You know, if you were to try and explain love to somebody, you kind of go, I'm not sure I can explain that mm -hmm. in just my five physical senses. Uh, and so uh, just that sense of the heavenly realms is a real uh, spiritual reality that we can't see. But and it, it, it is the place where there is real spiritual beings, both God who is the ultimate spiritual being, but also we read about angels and demons. Uh, so these are real beings, but things that we don't see, but they impact our lives mm. in the same way that love impacts our lives, even though we don't see it, but we do things, we act differently because of it. Uh, and so the spiritual realms, the heavenly realms are about this real invisible reality, which together with the visible reality make up what is life. Mm. very good and it is worth i mean it's an obvious statement to make because you know we all know that there is a spiritual realm most of us even those that aren't christian would say actually i'm a spiritual person do you know what i mean there is something beyond uh, the physical and so yeah what what uh, ian's talking about the bible calls a heavenly realm uh, and it's this place where god and things reside uh, in a sort of spiritual sense and it's it's quite fascinating. Maybe we should do a Bible study on what does the Bible say about the heavenly realms. Uh, Matt has written in the comments, for all people born in the 1990s and later, Snickers used to be called marathon bars. Yes, they did. He explained my joke. Well done, Matt. That's I've got very two good. words. <laughs> We're just going to go back and name all the sweets from the 80s Absolutely. that have changed their names. Uh, <laughs> and yes, chocolate bars used to be bigger. In the olden days uh let's just debunk that myth uh anyway <laughs> that seems like a good place to end conversation street right there uh so uh thank you for your questions and comments and yes i think um just to sort of summarize things this whole thing about being a christian if you are not a christian uh i just it's one heck of a journey it is one heck of a, an adventure but it is hard work and you do have to step up to the plate to use a baseball analogy uh, to do this uh, journey with Christ. But it is an adventure uh, and it is full of meaning. And that's why we say, you know, crowd church is a place for those who are looking for a meaningful life. We, I'm sure Diggs, you'll agree, meaning is one of the key things that you find in the Christian faith uh, and the whole reason for life. Yeah, I mean, like I said in my, my story, you know, for me, one of the key things of meaning was the peace that I found. You know, if, if people aren't looking for peace, I'm sure I'm sure that's part of what they say they're looking for. But there's many other things we're looking for. But meaning, peace, purpose, security, uh, ultimately love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All those things are found in Christ. Uh, all those things are found in Jesus. And that's what we believe. That's why we do church. And we just want to celebrate that. That's why we sing songs, because we're very grateful for that. 
uh, and we're grateful for the fact he is with us during the difficult times. So if you have yet to make that decision to become a Christ follower, maybe maybe start that journey like Ian said. It is a process. Just keep coming along to crowd, subscribe, keep watching, get involved, uh, get uh, email us, get in touch. We'd love to help you uh, with any specific questions that you have. If you're down in Harrow or near that part of the world, go see Digger, go to the church because I'm sure it's coming. Go and say hi, go and join in because why not? It's a great church. It look your church because it's quite Art Deco. It remind it, it it to me feels like it should be in a Batman movie. Do you know what I mean? It the way it's designed. Cinema or something like that, yeah. yeah. It's one of those old cinema type star buildings. Or imagine Batman coming down the side of it. Probably yeah, actually yeah. add one who's actually walking horizontally. <laughs> yeah, not the new one. Uh, have, have you seen the new Batman movie, by the way? Oh, great. Yeah, cracking. Really. Because that it. was mostly shot in Liverpool. Fantastic. And, and that's in why. Room, yeah, yeah, in my back room. Yeah, in this, in this oh, studio, okay. in fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But there's a, there's a joke in Liverpool about uh, about the movie because it's called The Batman. Uh, and we, we all say it's because uh, it was shot in Liverpool. Because in Liverpool, you don't say, I'm going to Asda. You go, I'm going the Asda. You always put the word the in front of it. So it's The Batman, <laughs> which I just think is hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Anyway, uh, enough Batman jokes. So that's how you'll recognise Ian's church, is you'll look at it and go, I could be in a Batman movie set right now. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, in Harrow. So uh, what's your church website? Why don't you give a quick plug for that? Yeah, uh, stpaulsharrow.org.uk. Uh, Very simple. That's that's where we are. That's where come, it is. Come and visit us online, even if you don't come and visit us in person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great church. Do get involved. So what's coming up next week is a question in the comments. Uh, and next week, the topic is what does the Bible say about baptism? And I'm desperately looking for my notes here. Uh, I think Al Marshall is hosting with Anna Kettle. Uh, I, John, have I got that right? Um, I'm sure John will correct me in the comments if I haven't got that right. Uh, and thanks, John Farrington, for moderating today. Um, but yes, uh, it is what does the Bible say about baptism? And so baptism is a sort of the next logical step to the whole Christian thing. And so uh, if this has been of interest to you today or you've not been baptized, you're definitely going to want to check out next week's uh, live stream. Come and join in with that. Uh, and then after that, uh, I can tell you what else is coming up. Uh, let me just pull it up here. I think we've got Jack Mariner, have we? Yes, we have got Jack Mariner talking about Sabbath rest. What does the Bible say about rest or about Sabbath? Then we have, at the end of July, the beautiful, I mean, pure, beautiful lady, which is my wife, Sharon. Uh, she is talking about loneliness. What does the Bible say about loneliness? Which is a question we get asked a lot uh, on the old emails. August is going to have a slightly different flavour uh, to it. Uh, it's going to be kind of similar to the live streams, uh, but with a slight twist. Um, they're going to be all pre-recorded. They're all going to come out at the same time. Uh, they're going to be slightly shorter, but pre-recorded. So there won't be any response to the live comments, but there will be talks and conversation street. Uh, just so uh, those involved in CrowdChurch get a bit of a rest over August. And if you want to know why we're doing that, tune in to when Jack talks about what does the Bible say about Sabbath and rest. Uh, so we've got that coming up in August. Uh, then we've got in September, uh, what does the Bible say about mental health? Lisa Orange is doing that talk, who is a trained counsellor as well, as just a lovely, lovely lady, a real godly lady. Uh, and That's she's going to be... So, so key. So key. Mental health issues. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really, really is. So uh, we've got that coming. Then to wrap up this series, we've got Prince Thomas, who is let me tell you, an absolute legend of a man. Uh, he's doing what does the Bible say about itself? Yes. Uh, and that will that will finally close. Uh, Diggs, you may not know this. We've been doing what does the Bible say about for like over a year now, uh, which is why it was written in the comments earlier on. If Crowd Church went through the Old Testament, we'd be doing it for 250 weeks. I actually think, Matt, it's going to be longer than that. I think it'd be more like 10 years, the pace at which we go. Uh, so then we have a new series starting uh, on the 18th of September called Origin. And I'll be explaining more about that in the future. Just a little teaser. Yes, it is. So that's coming up uh, in September. 
So lots of cool stuff happening. What's going on in St Paul's over the next few weeks? What are you guys doing over I'm summer? Sorry, we'll, we'll be going on holiday too. We're, we're looking at beautiful attitude at the moment. Uh, there's a passage in uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew, where Jesus talks about some beautiful attitudes and how those things make us happy and content and fulfilled in life. Uh, and so that's what we're looking at at the moment. Yeah. Fantastic. Beautiful attitudes. Beautiful attitudes like that. Clever. I see what you did there with the B attitudes. Yes. Uh, so. That's it from myself and Ian. We are going to end it there. We, well, I say we're going to end it there. We're going to have one more song. After the song has finished, the live stream will end automatically. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Catch Up, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great that you could join us. Uh, we do live stream every Sunday at 6 p.m. UK time, uh, currently on Facebook and YouTube. There is some conversation about whether we should carry on doing that. Anyway, that's another story. But do come and join us on the live stream 6pm if you are able. Otherwise, just keep enjoying the catch up. But do get in touch. Let us know uh, how you're getting on. And it's fantastic now that so many people around the world are tuning in, watching the videos and listening to the podcast. Wherever you are in the world, God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Uh, Diggs, anything else from you? Uh, no. Looking forward to catching up with you as well, Matt. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, September. It's been great, been great to be on Crowd Church. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, if any of you want to visit our website, check the link. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the comments below. John put it in there. So, yeah, do do that. Awesome. Have a fantastic week, guys. God bless you. And we'll see you again very, very soon. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong. Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand Oh, sing hallelujah Our hope springs eternal Oh, sing hallelujah Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death Can calm the troubled soul God is good, God is good Where is His grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood Who holds our faith when fears arise Who stands above the stormy trial who sends the waves that bring us nigh Unto the shore, the rock of Christ Oh, sing hallelujah Our hope springs eternal Oh, sing hallelujah Now and ever we confess Christ our hope life and death Unto the grave what will we sing Christ he lives Christ he lives and what reward will heaven bring everlasting life with him and we will rise to meet the Lord Then sin and death will be destroyed And we will feast in endless joy When Christ is ours forevermore Oh, sing hallelujah Our hope springs eternal 
Christ our hope in life and death Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death